Hello and welcome to Letters Home. I'm your host, George Leach. Welcome back. It's been a few weeks and the reason for that is the reason for a lot of things these days. The COVID-19 pandemic. I hope you're all staying safe and practicing social distancing. Everyone around me is fine, but like everyone else, we're all at home all the time. That means I've been helping with schoolwork, trying not to go crazy, but it also means that there's no quiet time to record. As a result, since it's been a while, this episode will be a little longer. Instead of covering just one month, it covers three months. July, August, and September of 1943. Alright, let's get into some letters. This first letter is a V-mail letter. July 4th, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and all, I suppose you've been wondering why I haven't written for a few days. Well, I've been sort of waiting to hear from home, but no letters seem to be coming from that direction. I know it isn't your fault that I don't get letters, because I know you folks write plenty often. It's just the distance and transportation. I'll write a long letter tonight to Helen and give you folks the lowdown on what I've been doing the last few days. Say, Mom, did you ever receive that $50 money order I sent you some time ago? Another thing, did you start to receive those $35 allotments every month? They should be starting to come in by now. Those magazines that Helen sent didn't arrive yet. No package either. Could you folks do anything about getting those moccasins for me? I read by the papers that you folks had a pretty good fight in Detroit. Too bad I missed it. I went to London. You'll hear the details in the letter tonight. Did Polly get his bike yet? Best regards to Mike, Steve, Chuck, Com, and Cressna, and all. Right soon, your son, George. July 11th, 1943. Dear Mom, Yours and Helen's letter, which was written on June 25th, arrived yesterday afternoon. At first, I was going to answer right off, but one of my buddies asked me to go to town and take in a movie, so we did. I've been to London again, and I still have a lot to see of the city. We have a lot of fun when we go there. London is the nearest thing around here that resembles an American city. Only none of our cities are banged up from bombs. When they have an air raid there, nobody even runs or anything. They just keep on doing whatever they were doing. You know, just before I got your letter, I was thinking about the roof of our house. Then your letter comes and tells me that you are having a roof put on. I guess we just think in the same lines. So, we folks are having a lot of hot weather. Well, out here, we got beautiful weather. Never gets hot or cold. Sometimes it's damp. Once in a while, it don't rain, and in between the times, the sun shines and the wind blows, but otherwise, it's okay. If you can, see what I mean. And I doubt if you do, because I can't. I see the basement is getting painted again. What's the matter with the job I done on it before I came into the army? Is it the same color or have you added some new ideas? I'm so glad the house is finally paid for. Now I can have a home to bring my wife to when I get married. Ha <laughs> ha! Don't take me too seriously, Mom. I'm only joking, I think. Can you imagine that? Johnny flunked in English. Man, oh man, I just don't know what got into that guy. I'll write him a good letter tomorrow. Tell him to hold on and see if he can do any good. Is he going to summer school? 
I can't think of any good ideas about what to do, but I'll think it over. Don't worry too much if my letters don't get home very often. I'll keep on writing pretty often, as I usually do. I've been talking with Jimmy for the past couple of hours, and he says Detroit has a midnight curfew on account of the Negro situation. Is that true? Jim burned his arm a while back. It was pretty bad, but it's healing pretty good. We had nice, fresh tomatoes for supper. I had three of them, and were they good? Every once in a while, we get a treat. When I was in London, I had waffles for breakfast. Gee, just like home. Well, Mom, this is all for now. I'll write soon again. How's Dad feeling? Best regards to all. Don't forget, my APO number is 638 now. Your son, George. July 13th, 1943. It's a postcard from London. It's titled, The Tower Bridge, and the picture is a nice shot of the bridge and a park in the foreground. It's addressed to his sister, Helen, and says, Dear Helen, I picked these cards on my second visit to London. It's really a picturesque place. Wish you could see it. Better yet, I wish I could show it to you in person. So far, I haven't met the king, queen, or princess. You're the only princess I ever met. Yours, George. July 27, 1943 Dear Mom, Your letters arrived yesterday just before I left on pass to London. So, here I am at the Victory Red Cross Club in the good old city of London. I'm glad you liked the roses I wired to you, but it sure was a tough job pushing all those big roses through that little wire. Just kidding, of course. The rose petals you put in the letter arrived nice and flat, but they were still rose petals. We have lots of wildflowers growing around the fields. So every day, put a few of them in my jacket lapel. The boys call me Ferdinand now. Glad you like the telegram. I mean cablegram. I sure enjoyed those pictures you sent me. I really like to get them. At first, when I saw the poultry's house with a new siding on it, I thought to myself, where the heck was this picture taken? However, I wasn't stumped long when I seen Dad with a rake in his hand. Or was it a hoe? Too bad there wasn't any sweet cherries on the tree this year. Where did you get that hat you were wearing when you were picking the cherries off the small tree? I bought myself a few pounds of cherries around here, but Michigan cherries have them beat all over. We had a swell USO show down at our camp the other night. It was one of the best I've ever seen. They had some girls imitating, singing, dancing, and just raising a lot of fun. After the show, we had to go out and work. Then after that, we came to eat a late snack, and we met these actors. They too were eating, and they had a pie on their table so one of the girls brought it over and gave it to us. It was the first time I had pie since I was home on furlough, and it sure was good. I just got a haircut. Haircuts cost only 10 cents at the club here. I also got my clothes pressed, so I feel like a million bucks. Well, Mom, this is all for now. Best regards to all. Your son, George. August 3rd, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and all, I received one letter in the last four days, and that one from you. It arrived yesterday, but I wasn't exactly in the mood for writing. Your letter again told me how you received the flowers I sent you, and again, I'm glad you liked them. Your letter was mailed July 10th. Today was wash day for me, so I washed socks, underwear, and hankies. 
I sent my coveralls to the cleaners because I cleaned a chimney in them and it became mighty dirty. We had supper a little while ago. It was pretty good. We had corned beef, cabbage, potatoes, bread and butter, tea and pears. After chow, we dropped in at the Red Cross Club and played checkers and listened to a few records on the combination radio. I haven't been to London lately, but I may go again this Saturday if I don't get KP. I drive the Jeep around every once in a while. That sure is some car. I like to have one of them after the war. The reason why I'm making so many mistakes is I am listening to a boiling argument and I can't concentrate on this letter. Today, I did a little different work from radio. It was stringing wire for telephones around our workshop, but the more I do, the more I learn. And by the way, how's our radio acting up? I'm glad to hear that Yankee John is getting to be a better guy. Well, I'm just waiting to see how long he will be a reformed man. If he slips off that path, he will not be able to go with us on our family trips. Just as long as he behaves, we'll take him. He better learn how to cook just in case because I think he might be our KP. There's a movie on tonight and I may go. All the movies they show on this base are free. We got our payday Saturday, all in British dough as usual. I got 12 pounds. If some of the articles I sent home are not explained, you will know we can't tell you about it because of security's sake. So save those articles, and when I get home, I'll do some explaining. I now weigh 130 pounds. That's 16 pounds more than I weighed when I got into the army. In the English way, I weigh nine stones, four pounds. One stone equals 14 pounds. Well, give my regards to everybody. Your son, George. August 9th, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. Well, here I be again. Just got through with KP, and I hope it's the last I hear of that again. It is supposed to be the last day of that gruesome detail. I started it the first day we got here and finished it up today. Now, all I have to do is just my regular radio work. I hope. We pulled four bags of very evil smelling onions. Boy, did we make with the water from the eyes. But I really ate a lot today. Not onions, though. There's no place better to be at when you're hungry than the mess hall. It wasn't too bad because around two in the afternoon, the Red Cross girl brought in some fresh donuts, candy, and gum. While we're on the subject of gum, sometime if you can get a hold of a few packs of real American gum, I sure would like to have some. Also, underwear. Not the tops, just the bottoms. I wear out the bottom parts faster than the top, so if you could put a couple of underwear in, a couple pair of stockings, wool, will help out immensely. I don't like to ask for things too much because I guess you folks have a hard enough time getting stuff for yourself, but if you could get the articles mentioned above, I would appreciate it very much. Boy, I sure have gotten a million letters to answer. Well, not exactly a million, but 32 no less. That's the way I like it. The more letters, the better. I received 20 letters in two days last week. I also got the letter Mrs. Poultry wrote while at our house. Sure was nice of her. She sure is a swell neighbor. So, old Eldon Street got oiled again. Tell Mrs. Poulter, thanks for the invitation to come to our house to have my favorite stuffed cabbage and homemade bread. I'll be over the next time I have a few hours off. I also got a letter from home written by Florence. Well, it's nice to know everybody thinks of me. Wally wrote me three letters. He really rubbed me plenty but I figured out a good answer to each one. His ears should burn, but good. I was glad to hear that he got home to see you folks. Maybe he'll come visit me now. I sure hope so. We can have a swell time in London. Speaking of London, I was there again Saturday. 
I visited the Buckingham Palace. Then we went to see a stage play, The Man Who Came to Dinner. Gee, that sure was a swell show. I really had to laugh all the way through the show. I received a copy of the Burroughs Mirror, the old school paper. You better tell John to tell Mrs. Lynn, I guess she's the one who sent it, that I said thanks a lot. Only I'm no longer a private, and I do not live in Boca Raton, Florida anymore. I see where Helen made the headlines in the office paper about the Air Corps snatching her boyfriend. To Helen, I was asked by a good friend of mine to ask you something, and being a curious person, I want to know, what is a rupture? I'll await the answer patiently, as usual. Well, Mom, it's time to go. Shpeti, sleep in Russian. Best regards to all. I hope Kam is feeling better after his operation. How's Kresna feeling? So long for now, your son, George. P.S. Tell John I'll answer the letter he wrote me shortly. Nice going in English, old boy. Keep it up. August 23, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and all, it has been over two weeks since I last heard from you, so I thought it was about time I wrote and tried to hurry things along. I have no doubts that you are writing often. It's just the way the mail keeps coming. I only got about three or four letters these past 14 days. I'll bet we'll get a big batch of mail any day now. Things are still the same here, eating three squares a day and it's Really good, especially today's dinner. They had brown gravy, the kind you make, roast beef, mashed potatoes, beans, and a cake and coffee. I had to go for seconds, it was so good. Talking about eats, the other day, Al and I were walking along and we noticed a bunch of blackberry bushes. So, as is our custom, we sat ourselves down and ate blackberries. We also spied a pear tree and did a good job on that too. Incidentally, we spoiled our appetites for supper. I was up to London this past weekend and had a nice time as usual. I ate a lot, saw a couple of shows, tramped around, and stayed at the Red Cross Club. I weighed myself and found out I weigh 9 stones, 8 pounds with my clothes on, or 134 pounds. I'm enclosing an English envelope and some English stamps for John's stamp album. By the way, how's the old boy behaving himself lately? I'm also enclosing a few other things. The picture of the sad sack is really good. That's just about how it is, too. I won't write as much this time. I'll wait till I get a letter and answer it with all the latest. Give my love to all. Is the corn from the garden ready for cooking yet? I'll bet it's good. The package with the moccasins has not arrived yet. Your son, George. August 29th, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. I haven't heard from home for a while now, but I'm keeping on writing anyway. Today is Sunday, so I went to church this morning. Going to a Catholic church is alright, but I sure would like to go to a Russian church once more. It seems they have almost everything but our kind. I'm not kicking though, because when I go to church, I take along the Bible the church sent me and do alright. We just ate dinner a little while ago. Beef, potatoes, some kind of pudding that us boys have a good name for, but it wouldn't look proper in a letter. So, you don't want me to bring a wife home, eh, Mom? Well, so far you haven't a thing to worry about. And at this point in the letter, it's the bottom of the first page, and there's an area that looks like part of the paper was cut out, as a censor would have done it, but on the back, around this section, he wrote, this wasn't cut out by the censor, but by me. 
I messed up the sentence something awful, so I just clipped it instead of starting all over again. Continues. Nothing new is happening. The only thing new is a new pair of shoes I got. The latest style. An overseas cap, two lily white hankies, and a pair of yellow work gloves. Our laundry came back yesterday, so I'm all set for another week. It doesn't cost us anything to get our laundry done. How do you like my stationery? It's the Red Cross's best. Boy, that's a swell club. We get eats there all night, and I can get books to read. How's the canning coming along this year? Are you filling up the fruit bin again? I'm glad to hear that Dad is feeling a bit better. So he's still working to win. That a boy, Pop. How's my hard-working comm? Mike, is the car still running? Tell Chuck to take it easy. I'm enclosing a few articles to add to the collections. Be good. Your son, George. The next letter is the first of its kind. It's typed instead of being handwritten. It's dated September 3rd, 1943. Dear Mom, Just to show you that Helen is not the only one in the house that can pound a typewriter, I thought I would see if I could do it too. Just got through eating dinner and we sure did have a swell one today. We had pork chops, I think it was, only it was in fried potatoes, good brown gravy, fresh tomatoes, cream peas, cake, apricots, and tea. Bread and butter too. We never get any fried food in the chow house, but I don't miss it at all. The only time I have anything fried is when I go to town and buy myself some fish and chips. We got paid day before yesterday and I collected 12 pounds and 18 shillings. Say, do you still receive the government checks for my allotment? I remember you mentioning it once, but that was a long time ago. I'm putting a little of my money away each month so that if I get a furlough, I can go to Scotland. Boy, what a beautiful place that is. Nothing like it. By the way, how was your trip to Kenosha? I'll bet you had a good time there. How did you folks go there? Train? Bus? Or walk? Gee, you know that Red Cross we have on our post really is swell. Yesterday, Al and I were out working on the ships, and a jeep drive up, and it was these Red Cross girls with hot coffee and donuts. Then they pass out gum and cigarettes. It's pretty nice of them, don't you think? Since I've been in the Air Corps, I've never been up in a ship, but today I had the next best to it, and that was just taxiing around the field when I got into the ship. So I started to pre-flight the radio like I always do, and before I knew it, the crew chief was driving the ship out. Well, now at least I can say I was in a moving plane. Say, thanks a lot for the swell pictures you sent me of the family. I like to get them, so feel free to send them anytime. We take pictures here every once in a while, but it's hard to get them developed because we have to send the films to the ETO sensor and he just develops what he sees fit. Speaking of pictures, there was a photographer on our field. He was taking a number of pictures for the newsreel. I don't know if he was a British or American photographer. This morning, the British and Canadian troops landed in Italy. I guess that doesn't make the Fuhrer feel good. His days are numbered too. In fact, every once in a while I go and autograph a bomb that is going over to persuade the Fuhrer to change his mind about things. Well, he better change his mind in a hurry because I'm getting hungry for some of them swell apple pies you know how to bake, not to mention holopka and homemade bread. I'm enclosing a page from our paper, The Stars and Stripes, for Daddy. I know he likes to read things like that. Those moccasins you folks sent me are really swell. I feel light as a feather in them after wearing GI shoes all day long. Say, if at any time I ask for something and it has to be paid for with ration stamps, just forget about it. I just happen to think those moccasins you sent me must have needed some stamps. Don't waste them on me anymore. Here I've been pounding away for some time now, and instead of getting better, my typing is getting worse. So maybe I'd better quit. About that housing project they're building on Guy Street, are they making it in the field or right near the other homes on the street? Well, Mom, 
I think I'll close for now with best regards to all. Your son, George. Please excuse mistakes. I know it looks like hell, but he only wrote or typed H and then put three periods. September 18th, 1943. Dear mom and everybody, how's my favorite girlfriend feeling this fine day? I hear from the home front that you are working too hard and that you are not feeling any too good. Well, mom, you'd better take it easy and just loaf around for a while. When I come back home, I could do any work that you have to be done. Don't forget, I mean it. How's daddy feeling lately? He too better take it easy, cause he and I have lots of fishing dates to keep. That is, after we buy that car that we have always been talking about. Then too, we gotta do a bit of traveling. That means you too, mom. So don't forget, don't work too hard. We will always be there for another time. Today, I received my first two letters in five days. One of them was from Francis, and the other from none other than my good looking sister. I shall answer hers tonight. That is if I don't get too sleepy. You see, Mom, I'm working on the night shift again, but my week is nearly up. It's one more night to go. It seems that when I work nights, I eat a heck of a lot more than when I work days, so I'd better go back to days before I start looking like Porky Pig. Seems to me that I just ain't made to carry much weight around. One week, when I weigh myself in London, I weigh 130, and the next week I'm down to 125. I'm like an elevator. I have my ups and downs. I mailed you two folders of pictures of London the other day, and today it came back for postage, so I hustled myself down to the post office and bought some good American stamps. Now I guess it should go through all right. I just took a stick of gum you sent and carefully put it into my gap. Boy, sure does taste good to have some good American gum in your mouth instead of that imitation of English ration out. This night work isn't too bad in some respects. Here in the shop we have a shortwave set. Every night I fiddle around on it to see if I can't pick up an American band. Well, the last two nights, I've been able to pick up Moscow. I heard their news broadcasts in Russian, and then they play lots of Russian pieces, which we used to play in orchestra. I'll bet Daddy and Mike would like to hear those news broadcasts. I get a big kick out of trying to figure out what he says. I usually make it out, too. I heard him announce how the Russians captured Bryansk. Well, Mom, this is about all the news I have for this time. Best regards to all. Your son, George. This is the last letter for this episode. It was written September 30th, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. Hi, everybody. Here I am again with not much news as usual. Of course, I could write news if I wanted to, but I doubt if any of it would get through. In today's mail call, I only got one letter from a girl that works at Ryan Tool. Say, did you know that Catherine Ballack is engaged? Thanks for the swell letter, Mom. You're really good and good. Hardly any mistakes, as your censor, Helen, calls him. So, another of your sons left for the army. I mean Steve. Now it looks like the guy who was taking my place is gone. Well, Polly and Johnny gotta do all the work now. Say, how's my little brother Polly feeling? I hope he's better by now. Today was ration day and payday. In the rations, we get candy, cigarettes, and soap. Of course, there are all the little things we need, too. I give Jimmy or Al my smokes because I still don't smoke and don't think I'll start. I don't like the taste it leaves in my mouth. For today's payday, I got 12 pounds, 18 shillings, and 3 pence. Good news! My watch is running again. It stopped for about a week, then it started running by itself again. I'm sending a picture of the little orphan girl our squadron adopted. She's cute, isn't she? The fellow with his hat off is the Major, our commanding officer. I know all the fellows on the picture. The little gal's name is Don Irene. 
I don't know her last name, though. I sent a clipping home about it. About those letters you wrote to me in Russian. Yes, Mom. I received them, but I always answer them in English. Why? Did you want them answered in Russian, too? I don't think I'll be able to give you that Christmas present you want this year, but maybe with God's help, I'll be able to next year. Well, Mom, this is all I can think of for now. Give my regards to the Boses, Kombasser, and our neighbors. How's your thumb now? I hope it's all better. Bye for now, and don't work too hard. With love, your son, George. Whew, that was a lot of letters. Thought it was only right to get caught up, though. So now it's time for thoughts on episode 16. In the second letter, when Gigi mentions hearing about a curfew in Detroit, this is a result of the 1943 Detroit race riot. I looked it up and did some research. Of course, I had heard about it, but here's some facts. It took place from the evening of June 20th through the early morning of June 22nd. And during this time, there was a dramatic population increase, and this heightened the social tensions as the automotive industry was converted to the war effort. So the following figures and facts come from a publication called The Detroit Rioters in 1943, a reinterpretation. It was featured in Michigan Historical Review in 1990. Housing shortages and those tensions were exasperated by the arrival of nearly 400,000 migrants, both black and white from the southern states. All of these migrants were competing not only for space and jobs, but they were competing with each other and other European immigrants and their descendants. There were false rumors of racial attacks in both the black and white communities. 6,000 federal troops were ordered into the city to restore peace. A total of 34 people were killed, 25 of which were black, and most were at the hands of the white police force. 433 people were wounded and property value at $2 million was destroyed. At the time, white commissions mistakenly placed the blame for the riot on black people and youths. However, an analysis at the end of the century showed that the white rioters were younger and often unemployed, characteristics that had falsely been attributed to the blacks involved. The black participants were often older, who in many cases had lived in the city for more than a decade. Most were married, working men, and were defending their homes against the police and white rioters. Gigi also mentioned his watch that he mentioned very early on in Letters Home. I like that he brought it back. And I like to see that it's still working and functioning well for him. This episode marks a couple of firsts for Letters Home. Of course, it's the first time a type letter appears, but it's also the first time Gigi has mentioned well-known specifics about the war. He talks about Hitler referring to him as the Fuhrer when he mentions British and Canadian troops that have arrived in Italy. He also mentions that he heard about the Russians capturing Bryansk, which happened on September 17, 1943. Sometimes with Letters Home, it's difficult to keep track of what's happening historically in the grand scheme of things because it's easy to get lost in Gigi's stories and his relationships. These events really put into perspective the time frame of the war and translate where he is when they all happen. It'd just be interesting to follow his perspective as the war plays out. What will be going on with Gigi during some other significant events of the war? Find out soon on More Letters Home. Letters Home features music by Scott Buckley. Music by Scott Buckley can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au.
Thanks for listening and tune in next week to Letters Home.